Welcome to another episode of the Criminal Law Department Presents Podcast, a production of the Criminal Law Department at the Judge Advocate General's Legal Center and School in Charlottesville, Virginia. Every two weeks, we release a new episode. Today, we're going to have a conversation about a recent opinion from the Court of Appeals for the Armed Forces. Please note that these episodes may contain facts and circumstances surrounding criminal trials. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Criminal Law Department Presents CAF Chats. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Dave Seagraves, United States Marine Corps. With me is Major Dustin Morgan. We're going to be discussing United States versus Private Cameron Mays, United States Army. It was a case decided by CAF on 18 May 2023. This case deals with Article 120 Charlie, indecent viewing. Specifically, whether viewing includes viewing a simultaneously created visual image of the private area of another person. Now, Dustin, would you please tell the listeners the pertinent facts of this case? Sure, yes, sir. So the events surrounding this case all occurred while the appellant was deployed with his unit to Afghanistan. So while deployed, just to set the stage, their unit lived in housing that contained bathroom units. So in each of these bathroom units, there were three shower stalls, and they were all arranged in a row along the back wall. So pertinent to to the charges here, on 8 November 2018, another soldier brushing his teeth at the sink of one of the bathroom units observed appellant standing between the last sink and the first shower stall. This first shower stall was occupied by another soldier. So this third-party witness that was brushing his teeth saw appellant holding his cell phone in the air. At trial, the soldier testified that at first he didn't really know what was going on. He thought maybe appellant was trying to get a better cell phone signal, you know, like we'll all do if we don't have one, just kind of search around for it in the air. Um, But then he realized that was kind of nonsensical because they were deployed and there was no cell phone service available. So at a closer look, the soldier saw appellant had his camera application open on his cell phone, so it was pretty obvious he was using his camera, and was standing on his tiptoes and holding his cell phone at a downward angle oriented over the shower stall divider into the occupied shower stall. So what the soldier that was brushing his teeth did is he confronted the appellant regarding his situation because it became pretty clear he's either trying to record or look at the person that was in the occupied showered stall. Something wrong is going on here. Yes, sir. Like something not kosher was going on. And so the soldier brushing his teeth stopped doing that and approached the appellant. So appellant quickly washed his hands at this point and then departed the bathroom. The soldier showering didn't see what happened. He didn't observe appellant, didn't observe the cell phone over the shower stall. Um, but testified at trial that he was showering naked at the time um, and heard the other soldier soldier confront the appellant um, after he was done brushing his teeth. Showering naked as one does. Yes, sir, as as I'm assuming most people do. So the next day on 9 November 2018, a different soldier was showering, and this time the soldier in the shower stall observed appellant take the cell phone and extend it over the shower stall divider. The soldier immediately shouted at the appellant and asked him what he was doing. Um, The soldier grabbed his towel, stepped out of the stall, and saw appellant standing in the adjacent shower with the curtain partially opened. He then left to report the incident, asking another soldier to keep an eye on appellant and keep him from leaving the bathroom. Uh, But this time again, appellant immediately departed the bathroom. He was able to escape from that situation. So 8 November, somebody brushing their teeth, sees the appellant on the tippy toes with his cell phone, camera app on, trying trying to look over the shower stall, gets chased out of there. Then again, the next day, 
does it again. But this time, the person in the shower sees him. Right. The big difference between 8 November and 9 November the next day is the person in the shower actually observed appellant this time um, holding the camera over the shower stall. So after this all occurs, after 8 and 9 November, the next day, um, appellant's commander seized appellant's cell phone. You have probable cause there. Like, there's, there's almost no question of that. A subsequent search of the cell phone revealed water damage. The government did not find any digital images or videos of the showering soldiers on appellant's cell phone. Either he made the videos and deleted them, or they just never existed, or in the alternative, maybe the water damage just didn't allow for a thorough search of the cell phone. Either way, they didn't recover. That's right. No images recovered. No videos were recovered. At trial, appellant entered a mixed plea. For the purposes of this episode, appellant contested the two specifications of attempted indecent viewing described above. The military judge ultimately convicted appellant of these offenses. On appeal... Appellant claimed that he could not have wrongfully viewed the private area of another using the cell phone. He argued that viewing requires him to solely use his eyes. Initially, the ACA disagreed with this argument and affirmed his conviction. Appellant then sought review by the Court of Appeals by the Armed Forces, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Okay, so <clears throat> what issue did CAF grant specifically? So specifically, the CAF granted whether the offense of indecent viewing under Article 120C UCMJ includes viewing a visual image of the private area of another person. So a visual image, not the privates themselves. Right. I think the distinction here is whether or not it qualified as an offense under 120C by using a digital means to view. Does it require eyeball viewing um, is kind of the simplest way to think about this case. Sure. And as, as charged, we look at both Article 80 because it was an attempt, but also the underlying charge of 120 Charlie because that's what he attempted to do. Right. Because they had no idea whether or not he actually viewed um, the private areas of another, I think Article 80 was the, the right way to charge this case. It makes sense. Now, now, what's our holdings in this case? So the CAF, in, in reaching their holdings, stated that they saw no substantial ambiguity about whether an accused can violate Article 120C by viewing a contemporaneously produced visual image of the private area of another person. So in simple, plain English terms, it does not require an eyeball viewing to qualify for 120C. But also, as we'll get to a little bit later on, expand upon, the contemporaneously produced is really the key term they're looking at here. No, I think that becomes important later. Yes, sir. Um, they leave open the question of whether non-contemporaneous viewings would qualify, but for the purposes here, because those are the facts at issue, they said this definitely met the purposes of 120C. Very well. And I think you said you were telling, talking to me earlier and said it, it clears up some ambiguity. It does. So after the 2012 amendments for, to the UCMJ, there's been some confusion in the viewing indecent exposure, indecent um, recording like in those areas because of what article 120b does when it comes to lewd acts of the child so in article 120b lewd acts of the child specifically includes the contemporaneous or even sending any kind of digital image to a child under the age of 16 so because that's specifically included in lewd act in 120b there's some questions about when he, whether there's any other viewing or any other exposure that can be accomplished through visual means. In other words, not done through the naked eyeball. And sure, that's, but that's lewd act, not 120-charity viewing. So a little bit different. Yes, sir, at its core, it is different. I think that the confusion comes from the fact that lewd act can include viewing and transmitting images. I, I, I there definitely was confusion both in practice and in the appellate law after the, the, the inclusion of Article 120B in the UCMJ. 
So Dustin, what would you say were some of the most important points of this decision? So I think probably most important is the cast reliance once again on a strict textualist view of the UCMJ. Time and time again, the court has gone back to what does the plain English term of, of whatever it is at issue mean? So here they looked at what viewing means. And for once and for all, we, we really have a clear answer on that, at least in, in, in these terms. So viewing, when they look at it, does include a contemporaneously produced video display. So for purposes using any kind of enhancement to view, like that will qualify under 120C now. The, the court talks about using binoculars, for instance, or a camera with zoom. Like any of those things will count. It didn't make sense to them just from a pure common sense way of looking at the word viewing to not include those kind of aids, I guess is the best way to put it. And it was interesting because the ACA opinion uh, specifically pointed out that the appellant did not contest those ideas, that if you used binoculars or other amplification means, they, they didn't contest that at all. Right, both in their brief to, to ACA and to CAF, that that seemed to be a, pr a pretty well-settled issue. I think the link that the CAF made is they went one step further and be like, this, that's basically the same thing here. We're not talking about making the image in some way special just because it's captured simultaneously on a cell phone. We're talking really about amplification or a way to make viewing easier through the use of electronic means. Now, the appellant tried relying upon a couple cases to say why this should not be the view. I think they looked at USB uh, Quick, USB Williams. Uh, what do you think about those cases? Yeah, I think those cases are really prime examples of the confusion that existed after 120B was enacted in 2012. They're distinguishable. Um, both of them are distinguishable. Both ACA says this explicitly, and I think CAF says this implicitly in reaching their conclusion. So Quick involved the wrongful viewing of a visual recording of the private area of another person. The important distinction there, and this is a 2014 case from the Navy Marine Corps Court of Appeals, um, the distinction there is that that's how the specification was charged. The indecent viewing was charged as viewing the recording of a visual, of the, sorry, of an intimate area of another person. It wasn't actually charged as viewing the intimate area of another person. Yeah, I get it right here. You're completely correct. Wrongfully viewed a visual recording of the private area of Miss TR. So the very much from the get-go, because they inserted the additional language, they had problems. Yeah, I mean, the statute requires the viewing of a private area of another, not a visual recording or a visual image of the private area of another person. So I think that is easily distinguishable here. And Williams, that was an ACCA case, uh, but that wasn't viewing, that was actually indecent exposure. Right, an ACCA case from 2016 um, involved the indecent exposure by showing a photo of actually the accused private area to other people within his formation. So Dustin, going back to this case itself, uh, when the court was looking how to, to define viewing, I believe they you know, looked at some RCMs. Would you care to talk about that? Yes, sir. That's actually a pretty common practice by the CAF when they're looking at what something in the UCMJ means. We've seen them do it this term and last term. Um, so what they'll do is they'll look for consistency in the use of a term throughout the code and throughout the RCMs. That makes sense. I mean, the UCMJ was meant to be read. It can't conflict with itself. It can't be internally um, inconsistent. So they look for viewing both there and in the implementation of the UCMJ through the rules for court-martial. One, one of the ones they focus on is the remote means of testimony. 
in this in within this case, they talk about the accused being able to view the remote means, and that's being produced simultaneously. Like the witness is testifying through the use of audiovisual technology, it's happening at the same time. So the fact that it's used consistently there with their interpretation of the word viewing here meant a lot in this case. It makes sense to look at the remote viewing of testimony uh, of, of a child, which we kind of covered in uh, our episode on USB bench. Uh, and they said, hey, internally consistent, that counts as viewing? This counts as viewing. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's common in any kind of code system, um, especially one as extensive as ours is. So Dustin, what's the result of this case? Despite appellant's best efforts to kind of throw mud in the water, um, so they, 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 they tried a few arguments here. So one of the arguments they tried is whether or not you could be, because you could be found guilty of viewing and recording at the same time, whether or not that should throw a monkey wrench into the issue. Because think about it, if the accused had been photographing or videoing while he was doing this, while the other person was in the shower, he technically would be guilty of indecent viewing and indecent recording. And he kind of claimed that was a problem. He shouldn't be found guilty of two offenses. That's not a code problem. That exists all the time where you commit one thing and can be guilty of two different offenses. That's more of an unreasonable multiplication of charges or a multiplicity issue if it's a lesser included offense. So they kind of throw that argument to the side. I mean, we see that with drugs all the time. You could be introducing it onto a base while you're also possessing or possessing and use at the same time. Concur. Not an issue. Right. Um, at least not for statutory interpretation purposes. I mean, the defense is free to raise those objections for UMC down the road. No problem. They also say the Article 117 Alpha doesn't present an issue here, um, and it could have been. I mean, I, I see this argument here. So it says intimate visual image, but the CAF dismisses that too. So the question in this case, they say, is not whether it's unlawful to view an intimate visual image like it was in Quick and Williams. Um, it's whether the viewing, whether viewing includes viewing a temporarily produced visual image of the private area of another, and whether that violates Article 120C, which it does. So interesting issue. So because intimate visual images and the, and the, like the non-permissive sharing of those is illegal under Article 117 Alpha, like does that create an internal conflict? And it goes back to what we were just talking about with the RCMs. They looked at every time viewing was, was presented throughout the UCMJ. And there could have potentially been a conflict here because of the way that visual image is used. And looking back at 117 Alpha, uh, the, the unlawful viewing of an intimate visual image and distribution of that, I mean, uh, just colloquially for the listeners out there, kind of call some of those our revenge porn cases. You know, you visually you know, record somebody during a sex act and then without their permission, send it out. So just to make sure everyone's on the same page. That's just kind of what we're talking about there. Yeah, I could have explained that a little bit better. Thank you, sir. So ultimately, viewing all those arguments that the appellant makes, the court upholds the appellant's conviction here. They say that it was absolutely a crime on Article 120C, and they uphold the conviction that he contested at trial. Right. No harm for trying defense. You know, uh, in a post-Scalia world, we're all textualists, according to uh, Justice Kagan, or addressed at Harvard. So we tried to make some cases and came up a little bit short, but good effort. Well, I think interesting arguments push the law forward, too. I mean, absent this argument here, we may not have had a clear answer in the face of 120B what viewing is. So it's good to have these type of arguments made by defense appellate counsel, because either A, you obtain a good result for your client, or two, at least there's some clarity on things that were unclear before. Sounds good to me. So how can the fleet or the field use this case going forward? Yeah, so I think one of the big things is, is while this settles what viewing is, 
there's still some ambiguity in the law. And I want to highlight first for the practitioners the end of this opinion. And I'll quote it specifically because I think it's important. So the CAF states, although we hold that the evidence was legally sufficient for the military judge to find appellant guilty of the two specifications of attempted indecent viewing in this case, we do not hold or imply that any viewing of images of another person's private area violates Article 120C UCMJ. We leave the question of whether one, whether Article 120C UCMJ prohibits a viewing prohibits viewing a visual image that is not contemporaneously produced for another case. So, if you have a case where a webcam is is used for some reason or some sort of remote recording technology, and you look at the image later. Whether or not that is an indecent viewing under Article 120C is still an unanswered question. So I think first and foremost, this does not settle the law in all instances of what indecent viewing is. That question is still open and practitioners should proceed with cautions. As government counsel, when you're charging it, think through how you're charging it and whether or not you want to have this fight. Defense counsel, if you have a case that involves a non-contemporaneous viewing, this is ripe for a motion, and it's maybe a way to make new law in this area. And we referenced uh, in, in the briefs reference quick. It's out there, but we say oh, it is probably problematic as charged. So there are permutations out there that, that again, yeah, cap leaves open. That's right. I think the other takeaways are for government counsel is I think you need to choose carefully when charging cases with digital media. Is, it, is this really a viewing, or is it more like Quick and Williams where it's, it's not a viewing? Is it a recording? You have to think about when the private area was actually observed. Was it contemporaneous, which seems to be pretty firmly settled here, or is it later, which, as we just talked about, is open? For a defense counsel, like we just said, there's still some room to argue about whether recording is legally sufficient to meet the definition of viewing under 120C. So I think that defense counsel need to be on the lookout for creative charging when it comes to any kind of digital images um, and be ready to file a motion. Makes sense to me, Dustin. Any, any other points we missed or anything we need uh, before we wrap up here? I think that's it, sir. Interesting case, interesting result. Um, it's good to have some clarity within the UCMJ. All right. Well, thanks, Dustin, and thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of the Criminal Law Department Presents CAF Chats. We appreciate you sharing this time with us. As Major Josh Mickelson would say, don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Thanks for joining us today for another episode of the Criminal Law Department Presents podcast. If anything you heard sparked a thought, we'd love to connect with you. Your comments help us create better future content for the field or the fleet. Reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram. The information can be found in the show notes for today's episode. The views expressed in today's podcast are those of the presenters and not necessarily the Judge Advocate General's or the Department of the Army or the Department of Defense. Thanks, counsel, for both sides. And the court will stand in recess until further order of the court.